I should turn the mic off. I mean, the mic on, huh? Anyway, hello, everybody. It's Father Larry Richards, and it is June 1st, the month of the most sacred heart of Jesus in 2023, Thursday. And you have joined us on Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards. If you haven't got it, I'm Father Larry Richards. And so what we do here every week is we come together. I talk on half hour an issue and then uh, we take questions and answers for a half hour um and so we're just very happy that you are with us as we begin now in the name of the father and the son the holy spirit amen lord jesus christ thank you for always being present to us in the most blessed sacrament in our hearts through all the sacraments Jesus, thank you for still loving us and being present in our lives, fulfilling your promise that I am with you always until the end of time. You truly are Emmanuel. Jesus, may we always be with you. We beg you these things, Jesus, in your most holy name. Amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good St. Joseph, pray for us. And your Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, here we go. So today what I want to do is tonight, of course, on the first Thursday of the month, we have adoration uh, at our parish. Sometimes it's uh, sent out, sometimes it's not, so I'm not sure what it'll be tonight. But I wanted to focus on why we have adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, what it is, uh, the importance of it, importance of Eucharistic adoration in our own private lives. Um, because it's always been uh, such an important part of my life. It's uh, of everything. It's what keeps me Catholic because no one else has Jesus so physically present as we do in the most blessed sacrament. No one else has perpetual adoration as we do uh, to be with Jesus always. is one of the greatest gifts we can have. So as we talk about the power of the Eucharist, it all comes back, of course, to the reality that Jesus Christ is present in the Eucharist. And again, sometimes we talk about the Eucharist as a, um, a thing instead of a person. We make him an object of our devotion instead of a counter, an, an encounter with the living God. And I think that uh, whenever we do that, it just becomes ritual. You know, again, you can come and sit with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, but you got to have faith in Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. you got to surrender yourself to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. You just can't be there. You just can't believe it in your head. It has to be a heart faith where you know that you know that you know that Christ is truly present in the Most Blessed Sacrament and that he stays with us always. And so first I want to go to uh, Luke's gospel, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke. And as we enter into Luke's gospel, we're going to go to chapter 19, I do believe. Now it's got to be farther in 19, I think it's 21. Here, uh, chapter 22, I'm really off. Anyway, chapter 22, verse 14. When the hour had come, he took his place at the table with the, with the apostles. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. 
And therefore I tell you that I shall not eat again until the fulfillment of the kingdom. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and said, This is, take this and share it among yourselves. I tell you that from this time on I shall not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of, uh, kingdom of God comes. Verse 19, this is where I had 19. Then he took the bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in memory of me. So, first of all, we take Jesus at his word, as we've talked about the Eucharist before. We take Jesus at his word that um, when he says, this is my body, that he meant it. He didn't say, this is something to remind you of me. He said, this is me. And again, as we've talked about before, how could that be him when he had his body if he had not yet died on a cross because of the eternal now? But so here he is. So I believe Jesus, you know, again, sometimes we have fundamentalists that'll believe, uh, and fundamentalists do believe, that God created the world in seven days. Why? Because as I used to, when I was young in seminary, I'd say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. God said it, I believe it, that settles it, huh? And so, and we'd say that with Old Testament things, especially, you know, God created the world in seven 24-hour days. But when it comes when Jesus, the God of the universe, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God of the universe cannot contain, when Jesus said, this is my body, well, they don't take that fundamentally. It's amazing to me. But anyway, but Jesus said it. That's why I believe it. Jesus Christ is not a liar. So again, and when we see in John chapter 6, and we did all this stuff a little bit ago, I'm just recapping. Um, John chapter 6, the whole thing is focused on the Eucharist. huh? And he says, uh, my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Verse 54, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood is life eternal. And I will raise them up again, 55, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. So not only did Jesus say it in Luke chapter 22, verse 19, but in chapter 6, verse 58 of John's gospel, he makes it clear. Again, as I've said to you before, the word in the Greek is sarx, S-A-R-X. It's a, it's a chunk of meat. Huh? He wasn't talking about teaching only. He was being very clear. In history, the early church uh, was persecuted because they called us cannibals because we ate the flesh and drank the blood of our God. And so they were uh, uh, appalled by that. Huh? Again, the first thing Jesus does at the end of Luke's gospel at, uh, uh, on the road to Emmaus is he uh, uh, breaks the bread for the two people on the road to Emmaus and they recognize him in the breaking of the bread. The first thing that Jesus Christ does after the resurrection in Luke's gospel here is that he uh, has mass and they recognize him in the breaking of the bread and we still recognize him in the breaking of the bread and jesus after they said stay with us and that's gonna be very important stay with us the way jesus stays with us is he breaks the bread again so much more than just a preaching or uh, a great service where you do praise and worship here god himself 
stays with us. He doesn't stay with us the other way in the same way. This way he physically stays with us, stays with us through the sacrament, okay? Then we uh, go on, and then the promise of Jesus at the end of Matthew's gospel is um, verse 20, chapter 28, verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I command you, and behold, I am with you always until the end of time. So Jesus promises to be with us, and that promise is fulfilled in the most blessed sacrament. And so for us to sit there and to, to know that God himself is still physically present among us in the Eucharist. You know, again, people uh, go running around everywhere to, like just this uh, week or maybe it's last week, but there's a, a nun who was uh, said to be an incorruptible. So people go wacky to go be with this nun who was incorruptible. That's fantastic. If it's a miracle, God bless it. But the greatest miracle on this earth today is God is still present with us in every tabernacle of the world, that God yearns for us in the blessed sacrament, that he is there waiting for us. That's a miracle. And that's a miracle of an encounter with the living God, not just touching a saint that didn't corrupt. Oh, that's great. But again, sometimes people are looking there and they forget the greatest miracle that happens every day of their lives, that God is present here in our lives today. <laughs> and I might get a little bit louder. I still don't have any hearing in my right ear. I see a specialist tomorrow. It hasn't come back and now the other ear is going. So um, uh, hard for me to get exactly how loud I'm speaking. Anyway, but I get loud anyway. And the, the, the reality is, that the greatest miracle here is that Jesus is present and he just doesn't feed us, which he does, so that we can live forever. But he stays with us so that we can be in his physical presence. Again, if you go back to the saints, you get someone like John Vianney that would stop in the middle of the homily and just point at Jesus in the tabernacle and say, he is here, he is here. Jesus Christ is here. Think about the greatest gift we have. That Jesus, I was just in the Holy Land again, as we talked about last week, and it was fantastic being at all the places Jesus was. But when I come back and I go to my chapel in my room or the church or the Adoration Chapel, the God of the universe just wasn't there at one time he didn't walk in the past he's physically present now so i can be with him and i can pour out my heart before him and i can be transformed by him huh again as i've talked about before but again if you're gonna go and you want your life to change you, you spend time with jesus if you go out to the beach and we have beaches here in erie i don't go to them much anymore as i get older um, but if you go out in the sun, like there was a lot of sun uh, when we were in the Holy Land, and just by being out there in the sun, you get a suntan or a sunburn, huh? Well, when you come into Jesus' presence in the most blessed sacrament, you get an S-O-N tan or an S-O-N burn, depending on how naked you are, if you will, in front of him. 
If you go before outside in the sun, you cover yourself over and you cover and close yourself to the sun, you don't get transformed. So too, if you go to in front of the Jesus in the most blessed sacrament without faith, without a heart that's wanting to surrender and enter into intimacy with him, um, we're covered, if you will. But if you and I come before him with faith, and we open ourselves and our hearts and we surrender ourselves. We make ourselves naked as we are. We make ourselves real, not pious. Again, I don't believe piety is real. It takes us into this little uh, world here. I have my prayers and everything else. And when we come before God, we just got to be naked. We got to be as we are, not naked physically, as we are. And we sit there and say, Jesus, this is me. This is all my sins. This is all my problems. This is all my uh, uh, issues. Again, I've got a couple uh, emails from people who are with us. And he says, Father, uh, they say, Father, you have issues. But despite of your issues, I always love to be reminded of my issues. But anyway, it's true. But so when I come before God in the Blessed Sacrament, I come to him as I am issues sins holiness and all no games no la la no holy holy words just me and him and he kicks my butt sometimes because i need it he chases me and tells me what i got to do because i don't listen well so sometimes he whispers sometimes he says uh like today i had no idea what i was going to talk on and i said lord what do you want me to talk on and so and then he says, I want you to talk on me in the presence of the Eucharist and my presence in the Eucharist. That's fantastic, Jesus. Of course I will. But so we can be in his presence and be transformed by him. Another thing I love to talk is St. John Bosco. You know, we have pictures of him. He, wasn't a, a, he was here not that long ago in Italy. But St. John Bosco says, do you want our Lord to give you many graces? Visit him often. Do you want, to give, you want him to give you few, few graces? Visit him seldom. Visits to the Blessed Sacrament are, more powerful and indispen are a more a powerful and indispensable means of overcoming the attacks of the devil. Make frequent visits to Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament, and the devil will be powerless against you. Think about that. That when we go and we want to be with him, you know, to me it freaks me out. I mean, I have... Uh, perpetual adoration at my parish right now we have two hours that are completely open one on saturday if you're from erie please if, you're, if you can do this we need it one is saturday night at 11 p.m and one is thursday night at 2 a.m and again it, they're hard times come on um, but if people really believe that jesus was present there they would go running to be with him it would never even be a time like I have to get up. Like I got up on Sunday and I said those two were empty and um, nobody came forth. And so I'll get up again this Sunday if, unless it's filled within the next couple of days, God willing. And then I'll be a little tougher and I'll just say, we got to get these filled. But I'm always sad that I have to beg sometimes for people to be with our God in the Blessed Sacrament. Because prayer isn't something we should be forced to do. We should desire to be with him. 
we should, like again, I spend an hour with day, Jesus every day. Now again, it's easy for me as a priest, but it's easy for anybody else too. People could come, and some people do spend time every day in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, that uh, they have this love of Jesus. Now again, as I have in front of the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, I have the... Uh, the words from Psalm 46, verse 10, to remind people, be still and know that I am God, so that they can learn to listen to God, so they can enter into this intimacy with God, so they can tell God, I just want to be with you. Tonight, usually I spend my holy hour early in the morning, but tonight it's very early in the morning because my uh, committed holy hour is from 3 to 4 in the morning on Friday morning. And I'm the only one there by decision because I, 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 uh, I just want to be with the Lord alone. Anyway, uh, people come in, or of course, I don't keep people out of there. Uh, but sometimes people come in and want to talk to me instead of wanting to be with the Lord. And uh, the point of it is to be with the Lord for me and for the other person or persons. Anyway, um, so... Sometimes from 3 to 4 in the morning, because I wake up usually at 4, but that one hour makes a humongous difference on how tired I am. And so sometimes it's, uh, I'm tired. But that's the way I come before the Lord, say, Jesus, I am tired. Because I might have got to bed late or uh, who knows the, the stuff that's going on. But when I can just come and I say, I want to be with you, now, sometimes I don't want to be with him at 3 o'clock in the morning. So that's my uh, sacrifice that, okay, Lord, I do want to be with you. That's the point. Uh, and I prove it by getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning when I don't want to wake up to be with you. But again, no, it's a real reality. Ah, I didn't want to wake up tonight, Lord, but I'm glad I'm here with you. And... Uh, and sometimes I listen great during that holy hour. Sometimes I don't. It doesn't matter. I want to be with him. And when I make an act of faith that he's truly present, again, Jesus did not believe, I mean, uh, St. Thomas did not believe Christ was alive. And again, let's be clear here to make this, uh, again, what we believe. We do not believe that when you receive the Eucharist or whether you adore Christ in the monstrance, it's not a dead Jesus. We're not worshiping a piece of bread or a piece of uh, flesh. We're worshiping the holy God, the resurrected God, the fullness of God in the person of Jesus Christ. 100% God, 100% man, truly present before us in a sacramental form. It's truly God. Uh, and so we got to remember that. That's why sometimes when we have Eucharistic miracles and it's just focusing on the flesh and that becomes a real piece of flesh and look at the blood and that's there, absolutely a thousand percent. But Jesus is resurrected. We're not just having a piece of his dead flesh in a monstrance or in this Eucharistic miracle. It's to remind us that Christ is truly present there, but Christ is resurrected in the Eucharist. And so we receive the resurrected Lord. We come into the presence of the resurrected Lord, the one who has conquered sin and death, the one who has conquered all our struggles. God has already conquered them. So when we come before him, we're coming before the conqueror, 
the one that can heal us, the one that can um, just leaves heaven, if you will. He doesn't, of course. Just to be with you and me. Wow, think about it. God becomes present. The universe cannot contain God. He's beyond every star, every galaxy. He's already beyond all that stuff, and yet this God humbles himself before each of us in the most blessed sacrament, waiting for us. Again, not in a pious way, but in a real way. Jesus is waiting for us. That's why it always drives me crazy when I'm driving and I stop to be with Jesus in the most blessed sacrament and I find the church doors closed. Drives me nuts. Now I can imagine in the middle of the night, I get it. But I don't get it in the middle of the day. Just don't get it. Especially now. I mean, I'm in an inner city parish, but we have, uh, we keep at all the doors, we have, um, you know, video cameras. So, to keep our people safe. But again, I want to make sure that people come and uh, can be with Jesus. And years ago, what I did is because you need a code to get into the Adoration Chapel at night again to keep my people safe. All you have to do is call the parish and get the code and sign up for it so we know who we are. But anyway, but I purposely, uh, we used to have these old doors on the thing, these old wooden doors. And when I got there, I was there about five years, and I thought, I always want people to be able to see Jesus. And so I had all the doors, front doors, replaced with these humongous glass doors so that you can be walking by the church and you can still make a visit. You can walk up the steps, and there is God in all his glory on that back altar in the tabernacle. And once I was there at Christmas praying, and I just heard this homeless guy uh, in the front of the church, because the way I could hear him was I was up in the sanctuary, but here was this homeless guy, I had no idea I was there, who came up, looked at Jesus, and started singing a, um, a Christmas carol. His hands were up as he focused on Jesus. And that's why I have the glass doors at our church, so you can always see Jesus. You can always be in his presence. Now, again, if... Uh, uh, you have uh, pastors who lock their churches, then the whole church becomes a tabernacle. But again, my biggest thing is it's, uh, I was once in some diocese in Iowa and uh, I went to the cathedral and it was closed and I'm yelling and screaming and carrying on. I said, you tell the bishop he shouldn't close, lock his cathedral doors. Are you kidding me? So again, I'm very uh, outspoken when it comes to this, but when we believe that Christ is present and he's there, we need to let people come to be with him into the very presence. And I've told the story before, but um, when I started adoration at my uh, parish, the old bishop, God rest him, was not a fan. And I keep asking him and kept asking him and uh, he kept saying no, 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 no. And he gave me all these reasons, you know, and so... Um, I, when I, when I ask him, I, he says, why do you want to do this? And I said, for the holiness of my people, because you can't be an extraordinary minister at my parish without doing uh, a holy hour because no extraordinary devotion, no extraordinary minister. 
I'm not going to let anyone come up and say, oh, look at me, I'm so holy, I'm giving out Jesus without spending time with Jesus once a week. Anyway, um, and then to close the damn abortion clinic. And, uh, oh boy, did, uh, yeah, oh, Larry, don't say that kind of stuff. And again, when um, I went to Joseph, and again, you've heard this story before, um, and St. Joseph, and of course, we opened the Adoration Chapel. And again, the newspapers were there and TV stations and everything because we're the only adoration chapel, perpetual adoration chapel in the whole diocese of Erie, even though it's the Eucharistic uh, uh, thing and they never mention us in the diocesan paper. No one ever talks about us at all. Uh, you know, now it's there. Oh, they've all caught on to the adoration, but uh, they never, ever, ever, ever in our diocese ever support or advertise it, uh, especially during this time. It's never even been mentioned. It drives me insane, beside the point. So we started it. And they said, why are you doing this? I said, for the holiness of my people and to close the damn abortion clinic. For, can we quote you, Father, please? And again, it was the front page of the paper I have that um, framed in, in our hallway. And it sits there and says, Father Larry's gonna close the adoration chapel which wasn't true. Jesus was going to close the Adoration Chapel because on we're on 24th Street, and then on 18th Street was the abortion clinic. We shared uh, Peach Street uh, just a block away. But anyway, uh, down there, and they said, okay. And so we start praying on Ash Wednesday of that year, and we started Adoration because everybody at my parish must be pro-life. You would not be in my parish if you were not pro-life. I promise you that. Anyway, um, so we start praying. And then June 1st or July 1st, I always get the dates mixed up. The adoration, I mean, the uh, uh, abortion clinic closed. And a newspaper called and says, Father, are you taking any credit for that? And I go, of course I am not. But Jesus is. You can't kill babies so close to where Jesus Christ is adored. I just start getting sad because I was posting stuff on my Facebook today and I had followers um, that were supporting abortion on Facebook. Now I have 5,000 followers on my personal thing and I was just like, I, um, and I was going to just unfriend all them, but I thought, well, I post enough stuff that maybe the, uh, it'll bring them to conversion. Because, again, if any of you believe that it's right, okay to kill babies, I promise you, you're not of God. You're just not. You've got to listen to God more. You've got to get to know him. You've got to get to know his will. Anyway, so it closed. And the newspaper said, you taking the credit? No, but Jesus is. What if it opens again? We'll close it. Two years later, it opened again. What are you going to do, Father? We're going to close it. It only lasted two weeks. Now they sold the property. There isn't one abortion in the whole 13 counties of the Diocese of Erie. Now my old bishop says, so Larry, you believe that it was because of adoration? Yes, I do. Of course I believe that. You see, God is more powerful than a nuclear bomb, than a hundred nuclear bombs. And when we start having faith in what God can do and what God wants to do, and we just become his instruments, believing in what God can do. We get that power in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Years ago, I did a mission at a parish, 
And every night was beyond crowded. I mean, standing room only. And a church held like 1,100 people, and we had at least 1,500 a night. And then we had a humongous collection from there. We had, they had a school that was free, a medical clinic that was free, a dental clinic that was free. And I'm thinking, what is going on with this parish? And they had an adoration chapel there. And adoration chapels can be transformative of a parish if the pastor also has faith and also believes in the real presence. Because when I was there, I would stop by the Adoration Chapel six or seven times a day. And every time I stopped at that chapel, who was there? The pastor on his knees in front of the Blessed Sacrament. There is such power, such power. But again, when we have this devotion, true devotion doesn't ever keep you focused just on you. True devotion has this encounter so that you can go out and take care of others because God wants you to. Huh? Again, we just celebrated the Feast of the Visitation yesterday. And as we celebrate that feast, the great feast, here is the mother of God, Mary, who now has God within her. Now, if anybody had the right to say, I got to put myself first, I have God inside of me, I got to make sure this baby is protected, I got to go and people should be following, should be serving me, people, God should send his angels around me so I don't have to do anything except take care of this child. But again, what did Mary do? She left in haste and went to uh, take care of Elizabeth. I was just there at that very place at the Holy Land where there Mary goes up and she spends time with Elizabeth. She goes to serve somebody else. That is true religion. That is true devotion. That is what we are all called to do. And unless we're doing that, our devotion is not true. If our devotion and our love of Jesus does not take us out to other people, the poor, those who need us, those who are lonely, it's not true devotion. It's a selfish little pious act. It's look at me and Jesus. That's never, 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 never what God calls us to. He enters into intimacy with us, and then what does he say? Now love one another. When he looks at Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Then feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. We talked about this last week. It's always about taking care of others. So again, when you and I spend time with Jesus and we get an S-O-N tan or an S-O-N burn, then we need to make that real by bringing this salvation to other people, not those damn people, hell with them. They're not here with you, Jesus, but I am. <sighs> really? Jesus transformed me so much that they would no longer see me, but only the inside of me. The more you and I spend time with Jesus, the more people should see Jesus inside of us. And when people see Jesus, healing comes, power comes, forgiveness comes, mercy comes, salvation comes. So when we know and we don't just leave Jesus in the tabernacle, but we bring him to everybody we meet, we bring salvation to them. Do you desire that everyone you know 
those you love, those you hate, those your enemies, those who have hurt you? Do you desire that everyone be saved? Because that's God's desire. And when you and I spend time with him, his desires and our desires become one. So it's not about making God do things for us and we spend time with him. It's about allowing him to transform us into himself that people would come to know him through us. So it's extremely important that we spend time with Jesus, if we can, every day, but as much as we can. Again, I told you, my grandmother's ditty, every time I pass a church, I stop and make a visit. So when the time comes when I'm, when I'm wheeled in, you know, in a casket, he won't say, who is it? Spend time with Jesus so you can bring Jesus to the world. Got it? Get it? Gonna live it? H for know is love today and forever. Amen. Okay, now is the time, and I just got a, a text from Mo that they are gonna record it so you can watch Adoration tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And it'll be live, and it'll be me, and have some great musicians and everything. So I encourage you to be with us tonight as we pray. Okay, let's go here. Oh, we have a lot of comments here today. Harry, hi, Harry. Donna, hi, Jack. Crave, good afternoon. Teresa, hello, Teresa. Good afternoon, Harry. So uh, Mother Wilhelmina, there I talked about that without saying it. There you go. It is fantastic. Again, I don't, when I see these things, I'm not uh, belittling them because I think miracles keep, help us uh, um, grow in our faith. But they're uh, all things to point us to Jesus, not point us to that saint. Again, I think that the last one, the saints, the last thing I want is for anyone to look at them. They came to point everyone to Jesus. And we get so caught up when we point to them, and it's almost the exact opposite of what they ever lived for. The saints point us to Jesus, always to Jesus. Okay. Again, I am getting better slowly. We just don't know. In fact, the one person says, maybe it's just a wax buildup. I said, I will be ecstatic if my ear is just a wax buildup. Um, but for me not to hear at all, I don't get it, but I guess it could be. But it came back from... Uh, I came back fine. It was 11 and a half hour flight. And so sometimes flights mess up my ears. And so, but usually it's right when I get off the plane. Monday, Sunday night, I was fine. Monday, I was fine. Tuesday, I'm cutting the grass and all of a sudden my ear clogged up and I could feel it. And then uh, I start getting a fever the next day. And then I had a terrible earache. Couldn't sleep at all last night because of the pain. And then um, that, that, that night because of the pain. But then the pain went away, and then I just couldn't hear. But now the other ear is clogging up. So again, pray whatever it be. It be. Okay, Father, any word on the cup returning? Just got an email. Charles in South Clare Diocese reinstated effective this weekend. Uh, I don't think so at, uh, um, in our diocese anyway. Again, it's just a fuller um, symbol. You're not getting any more of Jesus when you receive a cup. Uh, the only one that have a valid uh, mass to receive 
both the body, uh, both the uh, the bread or the Eucharist, both physically in his body and his blood is the priest. But everybody else receives the fullness of the body and blood. Again, sometimes I think that we like to split Jesus. Well, this is his body and this is his blood. No, no, no. It's the fullness of Jesus. That's why when we get into Eucharistic miracles sometimes and we're just focusing on his physical body there, it's a piece of flesh, and then the blood, so it's like we're separating. No, I'm getting a piece of flesh over here and I'm drinking his blood. That's not true. That's heresy. 100%, you're getting the fullness of God, whether you receive the body of Christ or whether you receive the blood of Christ, you receive the whole Christ. These are just sacramental forms, and it's a greater symbol to receive both, but you get the fullness. Trent dealt with that uh, centuries ago. So uh, whether we're going to ever come back to it, I don't know. I myself don't mind um, uh, not doing it again, but... I do it either way. Whatever they tell me to do, I do. Okay. Chris, what do you think of full immersion baptism for adults? I think it's fantastic. Sunday evening, we had a new Catholic get baptized in a large plastic tub. Again, it's the way it was done in the beginning. Uh, throughout the centuries, we've changed it. But I've done, uh, the only thing when you do uh, immersion with babies is sometimes they pee and then you get pee in the holy water. <laughs> Just saying, it's a real reality there. So, But yes, I grew to love adoration in my old parish in England. Problem was, on Sunday, about 100 people would attend Mass. On Thursdays, three or four would attend Mass. Once a month, about 40 would attend a Curie night. But I love it. Only two or three would attend adoration, of course. Youngstown Diocese had it returned per the bishop last year at the time, decision of each pastor. There you go. How should clear out all the worries of daily life so that we can immerse ourselves in the true presence before us in mass adoration? My thoughts always seem to dominate. Is you bring those thoughts. Don't fight with those thoughts, David. Bring them to the Lord. You know, invite him into all those and then they become less. As long as you invite Jesus into your anxieties, into your thoughts, into all the stuff that's going on in your mind, don't try to keep it from him. The devil wants you to keep all that from him. But if you bring it to him and talk to him about it, because he's truly present there, he's the God of the universe, he's in control of all things, he's in control of your life, the universe, he's in control of every bird that falls to the ground, the word of God says. He's in control of every hair on your head. So talk to him with the faith that he is in control. Bring him all those things, because sometimes all those things you think about, you want to be in control, and you got to hand control over to God, Okay. Julie, thank you, Father. Bless your prayers, all priests and the Pope. Um, Amaris, Rodriguez, Father, is the statue behind you during your morning mass, gospel reading St. Paul? Uh, yes. Do you know we now have to choose appropriate gender saints for confirmation, female saint for females, male for male? Really? Well, we don't have to do that here because just two weeks ago, we had a lot of uh, the women became, uh, uh, used male saints in the, other ones, like even John Mary uh, uh, Vienni, you know. Oh, isn't that interesting? I have not heard that. That's, uh, oh, um, hmm, that's interesting. I have to think about that. Uh, oh, isn't that interesting? Anyway, Brian, Exodus, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or earth below or in waters below. You are completely right, Brian, but we are not making any image. 
God himself is present in the most blessed sacrament. If not, he's a liar. You go ahead and quote all that Old Testament scripture to me, and I will quote you what Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God of the universe says, and I will always win because the truth always wins. That is garbage. It's like the devil throwing uh, scripture at Jesus. Just stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. If Christ isn't present in the blessed sacrament, it's his fault that we are people who worship a piece of bread. And then God himself is at fault at that because he said, this is my body. So you call Jesus a liar. I will not, sir. Excuse me? think when people think they're so righteous and they think they can throw these things at me that I'm just going to bend over and say, oh yeah, please, oh please, just stop it. Keep playing your games. I don't buy it. When you die and there is a judgment, does God reveal all your sins you committed before he decides you go to heaven, hell, or purgatory? Uh, Are they all forgotten in confession? They are forgotten and forgiven in confession. Don't be confused. Exodus, thanks, Brian. Okay, Brian, I am going to, of course, now just sit there and remove you and report you and hide you. Thank you. Okay. Have you ever thought about how your life would have gone without knowing and loving Jesus? I'd be a a pagan, that's for darn sure. Very, very blessed. My parish, St. Philip Neri, has perpetual adoration. Been going on for 11 years. Look forward to my time alone with Jesus. Great, Bruce. God bless you, Brian. I can assure you that Father Larry, most others, and myself, read our Bibles all the time. <laughs> Sorry, Brian is, of course, he was trying to push his own agenda, so I deleted him from everything. Again, I have no problems having discussions with people if they come into our station and they say, humbly respectfully father what about this and then i'll answer but when someone tries to accuse this again it's like when jesus was tempted by the devil you take the word of god and shove it down his throat i can give just as many scriptures as he can by far more and jesus christ not being a liar it's just all that stuff but anyway he can play all the games but he's no longer here with us is listening rather than speaking. Very good, Harry. <laughs> Love seeing your church. It is beautiful. During the COVID shutdown at church, I would sometimes walk over to our church and pray outside the window where I could see the tabernacle. Perfect, David. Um, once a week. That's expanded to close all the damn abortion clinics. You got that right. Brian, you think you're really convincing anyone here? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I usually catch that stuff earlier. I'm sorry I didn't catch it. Um, yeah, but anyway, no wonder I had so many comments on there. Um, again, people like this are not open to truth. They're open to making uh, everybody else feel stupid or like we don't know scriptures. And again, I'll put my scripture knowledge to anybody. But the reality is, what's the point of fighting about it? I got irritated, I know. But so did Jesus when the Pharisees went after him. So, um, and they quoted their scriptures. But anyway, what are you gonna do? Audrey, hi, Father Larry. I got your uh, birthday uh, gift today. Thank you, Audrey. Uh, I'm thinking, 
birthday. It's, uh, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, anyway, to do, 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 could you tell you are not well? I'll pray for you to heal. Maybe you do not rest enough. Yes, I, uh, I've been resting a lot lately, as a matter of fact. Who knows? Just part of the reality of my life now. Of all the people say the Catholic Church is deceiving you, but they are perfectly happy accepting Catholic Church teaching on which books belong to the Bible. Exactly, exactly. Jack, when I share that, I receive the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus in the Eucharist. And Protestants' friends said the Holy Eucharist resides in us always. And the Eucharist is not necessary. Again, he, of course he resides in us always. Of course, they're completely right. But just like we become what we eat, huh? We need to eat every day, right? So if I've already eaten, uh, that becomes part of me. So when it becomes Eucharist and I take his physical reality, it becomes part of my physical being. So not only spiritually am I growing into the likeness of Christ, but physically I'm growing into likeness of Christ because we become who we eat or what we eat. So again, I always use that, you know, like, oh, here, don't hit me with that argument. Oh, I've never heard that before. Just like you have to eat every day, Jesus says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have no life within you. That it's he who gives us this eternal life because think about it. God gave us at the beginning of time the Holy Spirit and he breathed the Holy Spirit into our nostrils, into our being and gave us life. But we still got to breathe in and we've got to breathe out that spirit that was given to us. When Jesus gave us himself as the living bread in the Eucharist, we have Jesus inside of us. Of course, that's why I always say never leave Jesus in the tabernacle. Take him with you. That's why at my church, I always don't let people, and you know this, Jack, I don't let people kneel down until the tabernacle closes because then they're focused on the tabernacle. They're not focused on they've just became the real presence tabernacle. They're just as much a tabernacle now as that metal box up there. Jesus is what's important, not the tabernacle. We have just received Jesus in the most blessed sacrament. We become living tabernacles. So we shouldn't just focus because when we focus only on the tabernacle after receiving communion, we leave Jesus there so we can go do our own thing. We need to take Jesus with us so that we're his presence to the world and we're not going about sinning because again, whatever we do, uh, we make Jesus do because Jesus lives inside of us. And again, too many people want to keep Jesus Christ in that tabernacle, but we cannot. Anyway, thanks, Jack. Okay. What is the Three Hail Mary devotion? I have no idea. Uh, sorry, I know what I talk about is the Ten Memorari, the Novena Ten Memorares, uh, Nine Memorares in Petition, One Memorare in Thanksgiving to Our Lady for already hearing our prayer. Um, does an aborted baby forgive its mother and are they in heaven with Jesus? I believe that if they're in heaven, of course, they're filled with forgiveness and I believe that they are in heaven because um, when the holy innocents were killed, they're called saints. We celebrate that feast day and these are also holy innocents. So again, I always tell people if they've had an abortion to ask God if they gave them a boy or girl, name their son or daughter and then reach into heaven and ask them by name for forgiveness. And when they die, they'll be so proud of their mother and father that we're reconciled with them. They will. 
So again, where we put a period, God puts a comma. So we always got to know that God knows more and that God loves. Think about how much God loves those children. Think about it. God loves every one of his children. Every one of his children. But again, we have to respond to that love. Okay. <laughs> Chris said, don't even look at all that. Oh my gosh, am I glad I got rid of that guy? Grateful for the church. Good afternoon, Father. What do you think about the mocking of the church in which the baseball team in Los Angeles has due to drag show? They're all allowing go on. <laughs> I think it's an atrocity. But again, what do you expect from pagan places? You know, everybody who's not Christian has a right to do what they want to do. I believe that. But we have a right to protest them, to not support them, to do all that kind of stuff. We vote with our money. We vote with our presence. You know, so all these places that do all this stuff that spit in our faces, spit in the face of Christ. What did Christ do when he was spit on and killed? Father, forgive them. We've got to pray for their salvation. But we don't have to support their sin. So, again, what are we going to do when we have... You know, that's very bad. But then we have Catholic uh, colleges and that's the port and honor pro-abortion people. What are you going to do? You know, um, and let them speak and all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of stuff that's out there. So I don't, I don't expect anything more from people who are not of our faith. They can believe anything. Now, but we can sit there and say we're not going to support them. We're not going to give them our money. We're not going to be present to them. But again, it's an atrocity. Uh, and God is, uh, God is God. He knows what he's going to do. Okay. And yes, yeah, we're going to do it. Thank you so much, Father Larry, for sharing as much. Really feel blessed to talk about adoration this evening. Here we go. Uh, yeah, doctor's decision to reinvite again. I just think they're all nuts. And there again. So, your ears should pop. Mine just did. I wish. <laughs> I kept blowing my nose, kept trying to get my ears popped. They, they aren't. Anyway, I apologize. Sherry Schumacher, I can't sign on in my phone. That's okay. Nice to see you. Sherry, thanks for uh, coming. The Sisters' Perpetuation of Indulgence. Yes, uh, pray for them. Yeah, of course, it's the reality. We've got to pray for that Brian, too. Because you do realize that Brian is um, thinking in his heart he's trying to save us. You know, he's trying to save us uh, from being damned forever because our wrong belief. That's why I always say, isn't it amazing? We all know we're right in the Catholic Church. They all know they're right in fundamental Protestantism. The Muslims all know they're right. The Buddhists all know they're right. Everybody knows they're right, and they're willing to kill or do anything to either stop other people from worshiping ways that we don't worship or um, to try to bring them to conversion. I'd rather they bring us to, or at least try to bring us to conversion. But again, humility brings people to conversion uh, more than anything else. Like when I sat down, okay, Brian, that's enough. Uh, do you think I converted him? No. <laughs> you know, so neither of us did anything for the other person except uh, uh, bring division into the heart of Christ, the body of Christ, which is not God's will. Um, 
uh, just want me to start no matter how wrong they may. Moving on. How should someone who has been away from communion confession for five years and has PSD, uh, scrupulosity, OCD, examine their conscience in preparation for confession, especially if they have a phobia for confession? Molly, you don't look at the priest, you look at Jesus who you're meeting in the confessional. But again, I'd encourage you, the best way to do that is to go to my website, uh, The Reason for Our Hope, and meet Father Larry, and there's a thing there called the sin list. And it'll give you from A to... Uh, w, um, I think is where it ends, with all the sins that need to be confessed. So that'll help you make a good examination of conscience, and then you just go in there and you tell them, you tell the priest, Father, it's been five years, I'm afraid, I have scrupulosity, da-da-da-da-da. And scrupulosity, the problem with it is it keeps you focused on yourself. It's from the evil one so that you are afraid. Fear is of the evil one. It's not of God, you know, uh, God always wants to bring you peace. So once you go, you'll have such peace. So look at what happens after, not the experience, and say, Jesus, I do this for love of you. And uh, don't be afraid, but we're all going to be praying for you, Molly B. Tony, I am a Pentecostal pastor. Although not Catholic, I thoroughly enjoy your energy and passion towards the things. <laughs> Thanks. And Tony... I am so grateful, brother, that you are here, that you would listen. That See, I meet with Protestant pastors once a month. We've been doing it for years, and we talk, and we love, and we focus on we're all saved by grace. We all believe that. It's what Jesus Christ did for us, not what we do for him. It just is. And we fight over these other things, but uh, thanks for watching, brother. It's good to have you with us. Today I had two cleansing cries today with your Mass online and finally get to Mass here this morning. I've never just cried after receiving Jesus, but today just dwelled up and overloaded with, overflowed with gratitude. You've made me want to be Catholic again since watching you online. God bless. There you go. So we have some uh, few more minutes here, and I didn't get to any of the questions here. But again, I'm so grateful, and I'm very grateful for you, Tony, to be in with us. Brother, we're all going to worship God forever one day in heaven by God's grace, by God's grace, by God's grace. So thanks for being here today. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Hi, Father. I really enjoy listening to you. A question I have about my grandchildren who are not baptized of being raised in the Catholic Church. Where, they should, where will they go should death come? I am so relieved to hear how to think about going to heaven instead of hoping for purgatory. Your children or grandchildren are in the hands of God and as I said already God wants them saved more than you do so pray for them uh, cover them in the blood of Jesus because remember there's three ways of being baptized there's the baptism of water the baptism of blood and the baptism of desire so you just pray that they come to know Jesus as they grow and desire will come and God will answer that desire he knows that desire Again, never, ever, 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 ever despair of anyone's salvation. John Paul II in his book, uh, um, well, I can't remember the book right now, Crossing the Threshold of Hope, he sat there and says, we know hell exists, but we don't know if anybody's there. Now, Jesus talks about hell, of course, and he talks about the, uh, uh, but John Paul says, we don't even know uh, Satan from scriptures is in hell. And I'm, I remember I was a seminary and reading that thinking, this isn't Pope Francis, people. This is Pope John Paul II, Saint Pope John Paul II. And uh, my thing is, 
It's just like when God said to Adam and Eve, if you do this, you will die. We did it. He gave us what we wanted, and death came into the world. And then God fixed it. Can God fix things even now? Can God fix things even now? We go one way, you know, we profess who's going to heaven. All Catholics going to heaven. All Protestants are going to heaven. All the, everybody else is going to hell. It's just, I just think God laughs at us and thinks, so you're playing God again, huh? <laughs> we got to always know that God is more. So again, we bring hope to the world. We bring hope that Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God, the universe cannot contain, did everything in his power when he died on the cross. And again, just like when Adam sinned, all sinned in Adam. So Paul says, when Jesus died, all were redeemed. He redeemed everyone. Just like uh, Adam damned everybody or separated God from everybody, Jesus came and fixed it for everybody. Now, we have to receive that. We receive it in faith, receive it by the grace of God. But how do the other ones receive it? Do they receive it? Again, in John's gospel, it says, apart from him, nothing was created. In him, all things were created, and apart from him, nothing was created. So there's no salvation outside of Jesus Christ, teaching of the church. We all believe it. It's by his grace. But we disagree on how we receive it, huh? So Protestants with Luther and that says faith alone, Catholics have said faith and works. Uh, there's other ones that say all kinds of stuff in between everything else. So predestination, not predestination. It's ridiculous when you all sit there and think of all the different uh, things people argue about. But God is God and we just got to ultimately be humble enough that God knows what he's doing. And in the end, all will be well. All will be well. All will be well. Okay, I got to go. We'll see you next week. God willing, no, I'm praying for you that I love you. And I appreciate very much you take the time to be with me every week. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He was Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.